0: our first guest in the studio. I, uh, the background is I sent off a letter to the City of Stonington and the City of Whitehorse saying, could you please send me someone to talk about your environmental policy? And I was very, very blown away that instead of getting the environmental officer, I have got the mayor. So welcome to the studio, Councillor Steve Stephanopoulos.
1: Thank you, Susie. It's lovely to be here.
0: I, I really kicked the goal. It's like winning tats actually, you know, getting the mayor because then I thought, oh, wow, I can ask about a lot more things than just environment. So, you know, I hope you're you're ready for some hard questions. Oh
1: dear! <laughs> now I better run away. I think I better head back to Stallington. I think.
0: Oh, but thank you for coming out all the way to the studios in Box Hill because uh, it's it, the traffic is no good, but uh, it's wonderful because lately i've seen that you're everywhere you've been to book launch about greville street you have been tree planting with the stonington cluster of rotary you've been everywhere
1: i've been everywhere that's for good that's true and i've also just opened a car park in peran too oh,
0: i saw that in the news how exciting all, all of us are, and particularly rotary peran because we are, always have the gig of barbecuing outside woolies where the old car park was and we've been in dire financial straits since they've been digging that big hole so thank you For reopening that. That's my pleasure.
1: My (laughs) pleasure. Anytime.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, look, if I can start just. where we started with the environment. Um, I was just a bit concerned with all that uh, recycler going belly up. Did that impact on, on the city of Stonington?
1: It did, Susie, actually. We had um, an issue with our recycler as well. We were with SKM and SKM, as we know, went belly up yes. and we had to run to see if we can find someone else and we thankfully did. Uh, Vizzy has come on board with us, or we've come on board with Vizzy, I should say, and so has the city of Burundara by coincidence. Oh, they were fabulous. they had two spots uh, and so Donington and Burundara came in and um, filled those two spots.
0: That is amazing because it's always such a worry to see all this stuff going to landfill because I know I downloaded from the SKM website all the other councils that were uh, impacted and that is a lot of rubbish. So it's it's a relief that we can keep separating and, and it, it really does you know, go to recycle. So what actually happens to our recycle? Does it really get reused or... <laughs>
1: It does get reused. So, for example, uh, the other month, we actually used recycled products in one of our road bases for a new sheeting of a road in South Yarra. So we used recycled materials in that asphalt mix to resheet a brand new street, well, a reconstructed street. So that's part of the reuse of our recycling that we chuck out in our rubbish bins and gets recycled into road-based material. So it was a one of the first in Victoria. Um, it has happened in other states uh, across Australia, but we were one of the first in the state.
0: What sort of plastic or material? actually goes into that?
1: Well, there was mostly some glass recycling, which is quite surprising, um, which gets ground down to almost dust um, or sand and also some plastics as well. So that hard plastic, so those plastic bottles and plastic um, PET bottles and the like were, were used to make that road base.
0: That's fantastic. Now, have we got any plans in Stonington to sort of have, um, I know some councils and, and other places in the world, uh, actually get you to se- separate out your compost and, and there's sort of an organic waste collection. Is there any moves to that?
1: Yeah, the organic waste, we actually trialled that in the suburbs of Armadale, Malvern and Malvern East earlier this year and the results came back really, really positive. So it's going to go into our garden waste bin. We have a garden waste bin in the city of Stonington. And we've had those for years where you can put all your garden waste waste in and now you can use that in the next couple of months for the whole of the city to put your green waste or your your kitchen waste in there so you can put anything and everything that you would consume or don't consume in your kitchen in there it could be eggs meat poultry you know veggies fruit anything like Chopped that chop bones, and all bones really? as they are yep the whole wow. lot can go in that's
0: fantastic because that's less stuff that's going to produce methane in, in landfill and, and uh, that'll be really exciting.
1: And there's also a cost saving with that because that reduces the volume of rubbish going to landfill. So if we can reduce that, that's reducing costs that go back to the consumer, thus the residents and the rate pays in Stonington. And that organic waste can then be reused in our garden beds, in our parks and gardens across the city of Stonington as well.
0: Fantastic. One thing I did recently, because um, a lot of Rotarians, you know, they, they, they're they empty nesters and their children have left, thank goodness, And uh, sorry kids, but um, I actually went from a large solo bin to a small solo bin, and I got a little refund on my rate, so I was very excited.
1: That's always good, because lots of councils should be doing that, and we do that as well as in the City of Stonington, and I think the City of Burundi do that too.
0: Go City of Burundi, the the, the um, home home state, we're where in your offices, so no, that's a fantastic initiative. And, and I think anything that can save a bit of, of um, outgoings on that kind of thing and stop you from actually filling up the bin with any old stuff, uh, I think that's a really good thing. So you were talking about, you know, fertiliser and what have you on your parks and gardens, and I I'm, I know that stonington has got fantastic gardens and beautiful parks and that we are trying to green up the city some more. Can I ask you about um, pesticides? What Do we use pesticides on our parks and gardens or...?
1: We don't use anything that's not um, Australian standard. So anything that's Australian standard, we will use. And there are some pesticides that have been um, banned across the country. And, of course, no one can use those. But we, ours are all compliant, that's for sure.
0: That's good because, as as you might be aware, um, Rotary is actually getting involved in supporting bees and pollinators. And I know there's an, an initiative, and I'm going to forget what it's called, but um, to green a lot of the municipalities and, and improve the canopy cover because... Um, Um, A lot of people have been... um you know, correctly identified that over time the, the cities are getting hotter because with high density uh, building, you know, we're getting rid of trees and people aren't having the big gardens and so on. So, what are we doing um, in when I say we, City of Stonington? So, we have an urban end?
1: forest strategy similar to what the City of Melbourne has, and where we are encouraging locals to actually plant canopy trees in, in wherever they can. We're also, uh, we've added an additional $200,000 on budget, so we've got about half a dollars this year on budget to plant trees and shrubs across the city of Stollington. In the last couple of months, we've planted over 1,800 trees, which is quite an amazing number.
0: That is because I don't know if you saw that lovely uh, video um, on what Paris is doing about the greening of Paris uh, because they had, I think, a 9% green cover. Um, and Melbourne in general has about a 10%, so it's not massive either. But they're, they're encouraging rooftop gardens and vertical gardens and, and even um, gardens on nature strips. So if people in Stonington or other municipalities were interested in in planting on nature strips, um, would they have to apply for a permit? Because I mean, that's council land.
1: Well, the interesting thing about um, nature strips is that you need to um, maintain it yourself. So right. um, you do need to be conscious as to what you're going to do on a nature strip. We are developing a policy at the moment in the city of Stonehenge about nature strips. We have seen people plant nature strips, also put um, that, that astro turf or that fake grass out there, which doesn't always look good in 12, 24 months if it's not maintained. And they also need to be conscious of not obstruct Footpaths, yes. and if you sell your home, you need to be, you know, rest assured that the next owner is actually going to maintain that nature strip. And it is really the responsibility of the resident who's outside. Yes, it is public land, and yes, you know, we ask our residents to maintain it, but um, we are a bit wary of allowing anyone to do everything and anything out on the nature strip.
0: I mean, obviously, you still have to have room for bins. You have to have room for people to get out of their cars and not, you know, and trip over the the rose bush or whatever. But I mean, if if we wanted to, as Rotarians, um, work with the city of Stonington to do to, to pollinator pathways and, and encourage um, you know plantings that would support bees and butterflies and, and so on, because as most people are aware, you know, they're in dire straits, would would we need to consult with you? Is there a, a
1: policy? Yes, you would need to consult with the City of Stonington. We have developed rain garden beds throughout the City of Stonington when we have reconstructed streets so that we'll capture the water, clean the water before it goes into our drains and out into the Yarra River and into Port Phillip Bay. So the City of Stonington is doing that. City of Port Phillip I know is doing that too.
0: What is a rainwater um,
1: garden? garden? Well, it's actually – it filters the rain the, 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 the rain that we've had today in Melbourne. Um, instead of going straight into the gutters and straight into the bay or into the Yarra River – it's actually being filtered by an ecological system where there are plants and trees and reeds and the like that actually take up those nutrients in that, in that water and actually filter that before it goes straight into the river. Fantastic well maybe we can roll that out on nature strips and whatever because
0: <clears throat> I think that pollinator pathways is a thing that we're trying to encourage throughout the, you know, all municipalities and, and we would love to be able to be collaborative with, with
1: all the, the councils. That would be great and actually at the moment we're in our final stage of an $8 million project to revitalise the south bank of the Yarra River from Alexandra Avenue right to Grange Road Bridge in Toorak. so from South Yarra to Turek. We've spent about $8 million, we've done it ourselves, no, no- no state government funding nothing from Melbourne water at all where we have removed weeds removed introduced european species and planted Australian natives in there, and I think your next guest would appreciate that. Um, living nearby the Alexander Avenue and the Yarra River there, where it has bloomed enormously with just Australian native plants.
0: Yes, fantastic, and and a lot of them are flowering and do support pollinators. So well done, City of Stonnington. A- outstanding. Now we're going to be chatting with you for for you know a, a little while longer, but I mean I, I just wanted to have a, a pause now before we got on to our next topic because there is a, a, a new station program that's coming up called Rockdown. And I had a look into this. And this is the kind of music um, for older people, as many Rotarians are, you know, no names, no pack drill. um, It's modern music, but appeals to people who like music from the 60s, 70s and 80s. So if you don't mind, Steve, we're going to come back and talk to you in just a moment. Let's hear a little bit about Rockdown. Some people have been heard to say that nobody writes good songs anymore.
1: Well, obviously, they haven't been listening to Rockdown Radio. So tune in to me, Anita Monk, Wednesdays 4 till 6 here at 94.13
0: WBC for the best new songs from Australia and beyond. Welcome back. We're talking with Steve Stephanopoulos, Councillor Steve Stephanopoulos, the Mayor of City of Stonington. and you're listening to the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show on 94.1 FM. I'm Susie Cole. So getting back into the hard questions, Steve, we've been talking about what the, the city's doing environmentally, which is really fantastic. And uh, we're going to have a little private chats with you too to see what how we can collaborate because... The city of Stonington has had a close working relationship with Rhode Paran, which is my club, and... There's so many opportunities to actually work together, not just environmentally, but in integrated community service, um, youth programs. You know, we, as you know, are doing the homework club at the the uh, housing estate and other initiatives. So let's talk about um, the how we can, or how we can tell other clubs to maybe how they can form relationships with their cities uh, and. The, the other ways that we can collaborate say in community service for example
1: I think it's really important for those Rotary Clubs that are in those municipalities and we're sitting in this in the Town Hall of Box Hill which is in the city of Whitehorse and they are, I'm sure are working with their local Rotary Clubs and of course we have a number of them in the city of Starrington and it would be great if they came and approached us I'm more than happy to meet with anyone and everyone any Rotary Club feel free to come and give me a buzz and come and meet with me in the Town Hall and happy to try and collaborate with any project. Project that might be there, whether it's with youth services or our seniors, or whether it's the environment or sustainability. There are lots of um, ideas that we could do. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had National Tree Planting Day where we had over 100 people on the banks of Gardners Creek in Glenaris, which straddles both Stonington and Burundara, and that's a way of um, bringing the community back out. There were people there from Windsor, from Glenaris, from Malvern East who had never been there before but were participating in this wonderful national program of tree planting and that's a collaborative event that um, was supported by the Rotary Club there.
0: That's fantastic. And and I know that um, our club was very involved trying to get the um, men's shed up in, in our local area and, and we had community meetings, we had so much support, we had a committee and all the rest of it and we had some funding but alas we couldn't find a site. So... Um, the okay do you think there's any possibility that we could revitalise that kind of you know project because men's sheds everywhere I don't know if you've seen any of them but um, shout out to Nino Sofra from the Rotary Club of Ballwin North um, I've been out to their men's shed and it's just so inspiring and it really is you know great for men's mental health
1: Well I think it's really important men's sheds because we're just about to spend about 150 to $200,000 on refurbishing a disused girl guides hall in uh, Malvern East near Chadston Shopping Centre for the East Malvern Men's Shed and that's our first in the city of Stonington and I'm, it's a bit sad to say that's our first we should have had a few more I know the city of Burndara has a few uh, but this is our first and with the Paran one we have been trying to find a site and I have an idea and that would be the Polytechnic site which has a number of disused areas it's right just off Chapel Street In Windsor, near the Paran High School, so there is a possibility of collaboration with the U7s there. It's a great site, and if only we could get the Polytechnic involved, where we could be partners with that, with the men's shed, with Rotary, with Stonington, and the Polytechnic, I think that would work really, really well. They have the capacity to do so. We don't have any um, land or any disused buildings, unfortunately. We use ours to the nth degree. Um, but if someone else could offer something, that would be great.
0: Well, expect a tap on the shoulder. And I know that uh, our next guest who you've met is President Pia Dembski from City from our Rotary Club of Paran. I, she's looking a bit excited and I think the polytechnic is going to get a call. <laughs> but, but those are the kind of initiatives that Rotary Clubs do love to get involved with with their city. And, um, you know, there's, there's obviously we apply for grants for, you know, things that we're doing, but, but it's more that just to find out where the need is and we've got a, an army of 1.2 million volunteers worldwide as you know and so many people just want to roll their sleeves up and help um, and particularly in their local area so I mean that'd be brilliant.
1: And I think it's important to also remember that the City of Stoneton also offers community grants out there too so if there's a Rotary Club out there in the City of Stoneton or any other municipality that wants to apply for a community grant to do work in that municipality and sometimes it might be a cash grant it could be a hire of a council bus it could be a hire of a venue to run a charity event Um, you know we have primary schools Ask us to use the town hall to do a fundraiser throughout the year. They get that use for nothing, which would normally cost two and a half grand for a commercial use. Fantastic. So those sort of initiatives. If you know, we're open to have anyone apply for a community grant.
0: Well, the other thing that I know all rotarians are very interested in and the city uh, the rotary club of melbourne has a very big program around this is homelessness and i know that this is this is something that pops up all the time and and i'm not talking about just rough sleepers and the people that sort of you know have got a little cup out begging you know outside supermarkets and things homelessness in stonington i mean like everywhere, is an issue. So, how are we kind of dealing with it in that city?
1: A good question, Susie. Because uh, the Lord Mayor Sally Capp is a very good friend of mine. She uh, invited all the seven inner city councillors, uh, mayors, sorry, for lunch a couple of weeks ago, and she does that on a quarterly basis. So, we had Maribyrnong, Moonee Valley, Hobsons Bay, Moreland, Yarra, Port Phillip, and Stonington all in to the Town Hall at Melbourne. And one of our key issues was homelessness and rough sleepers and those people who are destitute, both men and women. It's not just, you know, one sex or the other. And there are men with young children who are homeless and there are women with young children who are homeless. Indeed. And we actually need the state government to step in and actually do provide housing for these people. It is a state government responsibility and we we are working collaborative with the state government to try and do this. And there are capacities and scope to do that. I also had actually a private gentleman who was keen to find sites in the city of Stonington to convert that aren't being used at the moment to convert into housing, crisis accommodation housing where we could provide some short term accommodation for people. And there are a few sites that I suggested to him we're not getting the positive response from those landlords. City of Melbourne's doing a much better job and um, I know the city of Yarra has offered some of their buildings to uh, private investors to try and build this housing stock. Um, But if there's anyone out there that knows of any disused buildings in the city of Stonington, Boroondara or anywhere else that they think could be used to house people in the short to medium term, Please let us know. We'd be happy to And I think
0: that another um, thing that popped up uh, was, you know, would the cities offer some sort of rate incentive or some sort of incentive for people if you did offer low uh, rent housing, you know, in your investment or, for example, the developers that are building tower after tower after tower that are going to be half empty because, you know, the finance is hard to get and a lot of people will not be able to uh, complete their purchases, whether there's some way that we could work with those people to to put in, you know, respectable, you know, families and, and parents with, with young children and stuff, who would be the ideal tenant? You know, you know? Yeah, we
1: have that. Um, we're looking at an inclusory zoning aspect in our planning scheme that will force developers to include a specific percentage of low and affordable housing. And it could be rental, it could be buy and it will be affordable. And that is relative, I guess, but at least then it would force the issue into all these um, major developments that are, are occurring. I mean, here in Box Hill, where we are, where there are lots of apartment towers going up, if, that was, if there was a percentage, even if it was 2 or 3% of low-cost housing that could be provided in this, that would be great
0: i think also it it just gets back to people understanding that just because there's social housing in your building it doesn't mean that you've got some you know recovering drug addict or something next door there's a lot of people that are just you know they fall between the cracks and they're ideal tenants and excellent neighbors
1: and they are and they're not always those destitute people either and there are services out there there are private agencies that are funded by the state government and there are also state government agencies that are there to actually help people who have mental health issues, drug issues or family violence or breakdown of families there there is their support there and unfortunately some people choose not to take that support up and that's their choice
0: I know that um, that in the city of, of Stonington for example you refer people to Launch Housing which is um, a wonderful agency that has combined uh, two other um, agencies um, a few years ago, Hanover Housing Support and um, the the other one that was managing rental properties which was uh, home ground, um, both excellent, um, you know, sort of providers. Yes. So, and I know they do crisis accommodation, but things like, you know, where do people get a shower these days? i mean in the in the immediate problem of of people who are you know couch surfing okay they they're in someone's home, but if you're sleeping rough or under a bridge or whatever, how do you even find a bathroom?
1: I know that is a really difficult issue, and there aren't those facilities or services offered in Stollington at all, and I don't know where they would go, and it's really um, concerning because I have seen rough sleepers sleep in our pavilions under bridges in our parks and gardens and and a lot some of them are also sleeping during the day because it's the nighttime where they need to be awake, and they oh, need to. Oh, it's very dangerous. Yeah. It, it can be dangerous. It absolutely
0: is. It absolutely is. Well, look, I know that there's a lot of fantastic things going on in the city. I really would encourage Rotarians to get in touch with their local councils to find out how they can collaborate, because I know that we've we've collaborated a number of ways with with youth, in you know, Stonington Youth Services, with um, you know, providing mobility aids for for uh, the older people. But can I thank you so much for coming in, Steve, and for for sharing all those initiatives with us and expect a tap on the shoulder and I'm sure we're going to try and push this men's shed down the down the road a little bit further but uh, for now thank you again for coming in